You are listening to the Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 153. This is the Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At the Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing, and you should too. Hey, hey, hey. Hello, everyone. My name is Scott Wellens, and I'm your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. Now, this is a show dedicated to helping real people, that is you, my friend, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, a fiduciary, an educator, a Dave Ramsey smart vester pro, a wealth advisor, and it is great to see you today. And today's episode is, should I consider refinancing my mortgage? But before we get to the topic of the day, I want to talk about something similar. And that is, I'm often asked, should I pay off the house early? Should I put all of my extra money to pay off the house and just get it done with? Now, I'm a Dave Ramsey Smart Vester Pro, so I like that idea. But let's walk through what that actually means, both in your mind and in your heart. So first, the mind. I mean, interest rates are about as low as they've ever been. So you can borrow money on a house, and if you got a good credit score and at least 20% down, man, you're going to get a really low interest rate. At a 30-year rate, somewhere probably, depending where you live, under 3%, maybe even 2.5%. So on the flip side, if we look at investing money, what can we reasonably expect from stock market returns? I'm not going to name any investment or anything like that, but if we just look at the S&P 500 index and look the past 95 years, the average rate of return is around 10%. So you might ask yourself, well, if I can earn on average 10% in the market or pay it all off as quickly as possible so I can save two and a half or three and a half percent, wouldn't I be better off in the market? Well, your head would say, yeah, maybe you would be. If you're disciplined, if you really invest all of that extra money instead of spending it, then maybe you would be better off from a net worth standpoint 30 years from now. However, the mind does not work independent of the heart or your emotions. And wouldn't it be nice to have a paid off house? Wouldn't that feel great from a retirement standpoint? Now you don't have what your biggest payment is going to be. So if you retire already having your house paid off, that significantly helps your retirement projections because you don't need as much money every month. Paying off your house means freedom. Paying off your house feels good on your heart. 
So you have to ask yourself your own question is, do I want the freedom of having that house paid off or am I disciplined to earn potentially but not guaranteed a higher rate of return than what my interest rate is? Let's get to the topic of the day. All right, here we go. Should I refinance my mortgage? For most of us, we don't have the house paid off yet. So we're sitting on a mortgage if we own a home. And as I stated in this podcast already, interest rates are very, very low, about as low as they've ever been. So as a family steward, is it time to refinance the mortgage? I mean, listen, if we're in a good diversified portfolio, like I talk about tilted in areas like small and value and international and real estate, well, now we just have to stay disciplined and continuously invest as we're in this recession. But there are things we can control, like potentially refinancing the mortgage. But before you do, you need to ask yourself some questions. So I'm going to go through those questions, and then you'll know whether or not that you should or should not try and do a refinance. And then I'll give you a couple of options of your best way to go about refinancing. So first... Do you plan to remain in your home for at least a few years? If the question is no, well, then sorry, the cost may exceed any benefit of refinancing if you sell your home in the next couple of years. For example, if you are going to save $50 a month in interest by refinancing, and you're going to sell your home in, let's say, two years, 50 times 24 months is a savings of $1,200. You might say, Scott, that's worth it. I want to refinance. But wait, there's a second component when you refinance. There's the closing costs and the interest rate. So with your new interest rate, if you're saving $1,200, great. But if it costs you $2,000 to refinance your house as in closing costs, well, then, my friend, you probably shouldn't refinance. You're net-net losing $800 in that deal. So if the answer is, yeah, I think I'm going to be moving soon, or I don't know, then maybe you hold off for a little bit. If the answer is yes, then ask yourself the question, are you nearing a milestone event such as retirement or the end of an arm, an adjustable rate mortgage, or a balloon term? And if that answer is yes, then you should consider refinancing before your options become limited by income restraints. If you're going to retire, now it doesn't look as good to refinance a home because you don't have your income coming in, so you might not qualify to refinance. Now, if you're not in the middle of a milestone event or if that's not coming up, then you ask yourself some more questions on the refinancing. Like, is your loan-to-value ratio greater than 80%? And if the answer is yes, that means that you don't have 20% down on your home and then you're going to have a hard time refinancing and are going to be subject to PMI anyway. So it might not be a great time to refinance. It might be, but it might not. Has your credit score recently improved? The answer is yes. Well, then maybe you're in that category of wanting to refinance your home. Are you currently in a fixed rate? And if the answer is no, do you expect the rates to go up or down from here? The easy question is, 
Her answer is they're probably going up from here, although they could tick down and they may not go up for a while. But if you're in an arm, wow, I bet you're paying less than a 30-year or a 15-year mortgage, but not by much. It might be time to lock in now. And finally, what's the interest rate environment? And the environment is the interest rates have gone down in the last few months. So after asking yourself those questions, now if you're in the category of, yeah, maybe I should refinance, then let's move on and figure out what kind of loan might be best for you. And for some of us, we think about, all right, what if my interest rate is 3.5%? currently on my mortgage, how much lower does my interest rate have to be in my new mortgage for it to be worth it? And it all goes back to that break even. And how soon will it take for you to break even on closing costs versus the interest rate? But I'm going to show you a little bit later that there are plenty of loans out there that you can get with no closing costs at all. So it takes that whole part of the game out. So if you can lower your interest rate, even a half a percent, you are winning. So definitely, if you can qualify for a new loan at a rate that is meaningfully lower than your current rate, or one that will remove your PMI, your private mortgage insurance, and if you have that, you know it because that's expensive. Now you certainly need to consider refinancing and seek loan terms that best match your needs and goals. So what are your needs and goals? Well, first, are you a veteran? Do you live in a rural area or do you have a lower credit score or income? So if the answer is yes, you should consider whether a VA loan, a USDA loan, or an FHA loan might be right for you. I mean, government loans can offer lower down payments, really good rates, and relaxed guidelines. So if your credit score is a little bit lower, that might be okay. But getting back then, let's say you're more conventional. We need to find a conventional loan. Now you need to ask yourself, what best matches my needs and goals? Is your primary goal to reduce your mortgage payment, your monthly payment? Is that the goal? Is it to relieve all of the monthly expenses you have because your budget is really, really tight? And if that answer is yes, then you should consider what's called a 30-year fixed rate mortgage. A 30-year, you'll have a lower monthly payment, but the loan term is going to be 30 years. Now, is your primary goal different than that? Maybe you have a lot of excess income. So is your primary goal to reduce your interest expense over the life of the loan? If you're just looking to save money, but you have a lot of money and your monthly cash flow is good, then I would consider a 15-year mortgage. Why? Because the interest rate is going to be lower and you can afford the monthly payments. And what else do we get from this? It's a great balance. If you think about the beginning of the podcast, do I pay off my house or do I not pay off my house? Well, the happy medium to me is a 15-year mortgage. A 30-year mortgage, it's hard to think about when that mortgage is actually going to be paid off. And a lot of us tend to refinance back into 30-year loans. And now you find yourself 
45 years old and you got your new 30-year mortgage and you want that paid off someday. You don't want it sticking around like a bad pet for your whole life. But you're not going to have that sucker paid off until you're 75 if you just make the minimum payments. On the other hand, you might think to yourself, well, I don't want to pay off my mortgage in the next five years, even if I can afford it, because I want to take advantage of investing in the stock market as well as paying off my home. Well, that 15-year mortgage is the happy medium. If you get into a 15-year mortgage, you're going to be paying more on your principal every single month. And of course, then your mortgage is done in 15 years. So you're paying a lot less interest plus your interest rate is lower. It's the happy medium because if you're 45 years old, that loan will be paid off by the time you're 60 if you just make the minimum monthly payments of that 15-year mortgage. So in the Dave Ramsey world, in the baby step of pay off your mortgage early, one of those steps could be move into a 15-year mortgage. And now you're paying off your mortgage early, paying off the house early because you're not paying it off in 30 years. You're paying it off in 15, half the amount of time. Now, for those that really want to pay off their house, though, because they're listening to their heart and they want that freedom of owning their home outright, of, as Dave would say, putting their feet out on the front lawn and breathing the air and saying, this is mine. Well, for you, a 15-year mortgage makes a ton of sense because you're getting a lower interest rate and you're paying a ton on the house every month anyway, above and beyond what that 15-year mortgage payment is because you're paying off like crazy and you're getting that loan paid off in two or three or seven years. I am all for that if you're for that. There's a lot of financial advisors out there that would cringe if I would say that because they feel as though you should be investing your money in the stock market instead of paying off your home early. But I don't believe those advisors are looking at the total picture of the person because everybody is different. For someone, maybe putting that extra money in the stock market is the right thing for them. But for others, it is paying off that home early. And that's why it's so important to have a comprehensive financial plan. Because if you do, we build it all into the plan and see what works best for you, both in making your plan work so that you can live out your life exactly the way you want to, and that the course that you're setting on how much you're investing and how much you're paying off your house is going to allow you to do that, making sure that everything is in place for you to live out your plan, both using your mind and your heart. Yeah, you see, a lot of financial advisors just don't get as emotional as I do. Just talk to my daughters. I cry during reruns of Little House on the Prairie. Don't repeat that to anyone. Now, there's one other thing I want to bring up before I explain the best way to go after that mortgage. And that is... The one difficult thing or obstacle if you move into a 15-year mortgage is if you lose your job. Or if you're married and you have two incomes coming in and one income dries up. 
So there are people that would rather pay a little bit higher interest rate to have that flexibility that if one spouse loses a job, that you still can easily afford that minimum 30-year payment because that 30-year payment is going to be less than the 15. And that's not a bad move either because interest rates being as low as they are, And I'm talking in my area, I've seen interest rates as low as 2.1% for a 15-year mortgage and 2.5% for a 30. Now, interest rates are different in different areas, so yours may be different, but there's not a whole lot of difference between 2.1 and 2.5. And if you want that flexibility, the flexibility of if a spouse loses a job that you can still make that payment, you might be better off in a 30-year mortgage. Now, if you have an adequate emergency fund of six months of living expenses and you lose your job, well, you have that emergency fund to pay the 15-year mortgage if that's what you select, and then you got your six months to go find a job. So if you're more risk averse, you might want to stick with the 30. But if you do remember, you have to stay disciplined then to pay it like it's a 15-year mortgage. So if your mortgage payment is $2,000 a month, but it would have been uh, $3,000 a month at the 15, you need to make that extra $1,000 payment every single month because you still want it paid off in 15 years, even though you have a 30-year mortgage. Make sense? Awesome. Let's say you are going to refinance. Where do you go? What's the best strategy to refinance? Well, it's kind of like almost anything you do. You want multiple opinions. And there's basically two different places you would go if you're looking for a mortgage. One would be a traditional bank. You go down to your local bank or credit union where you bank right now and you get a closing cost and interest rate from your bank. And that's a good move for one of your options. But do not make that your only option because what I've learned in the last 20 years is that different banks charge different rates at different times. Different banks charge different closing costs at different times. So do your homework and get multiple opinions. So another place to go would be a mortgage broker. A mortgage broker is a great way to test different interest rates and closing costs because mortgage brokers generally have relationships with three or four or seven different banks. So when you go to that mortgage broker, they are going on behalf of you to look at the best interest rate and closing costs at all three or five or seven of these banks. So if you can find a couple of mortgage brokers that actually are going to different banks to see what their rates and closing costs are, plus you might use your traditional bank where you bank right now, you might now end up with 10 different closing costs or interest rates, or at least a broker is shopping for you to get the best deal. Now, some people think, well, I'm not going to go to a mortgage broker because that's just going to cost me more money. And what I've learned from my next door neighbor was that's not the case. His father was a mortgage broker for years and years. He had relationships with five different banks and he didn't get paid by charging more closing costs, although he could. He's getting paid directly from the bank for bringing the business to the bank. 
And remember this too, you always want apple to apple comparison. So you have to always search out your break even. If your interest rate is 3.25% at one institution and 3% at another institution, you don't jump at the 3% because the closing costs could be drastically different. Always figure out where your break even is before you make decisions. And figuring that break even is easy. Figure out how much in savings are you getting by lowering the interest rate and then what are the closing costs. So if you're saving 100 bucks a month on your interest rate and closing costs are 500 bucks, you're breaking even in five months. Let's try and find a loan that we're getting our best break even quickly. And then even doing the math for the long term. If you plan on staying in the loan for 15 years, well, maybe paying some extra in closing costs is okay because saving that quarter or half a percent in the long run is going to greatly outweigh the short break even. So do your homework, talk to your financial advisor as well to get multiple opinions, go to brokers, go to your bank, and you, my friend, are being the family steward because now is probably the time to refinance your mortgage. If you've never refinanced before, it's not a five-minute deal. Once you do figure out your right rate in closing costs, there's a lot of paperwork and a lot of things that you're going to need to submit. Nobody, including myself, has ever said that being a family steward was going to be an easy job. But you know what? Because you're listening to this podcast, I'm sure that you are the family steward in your family. And it is your job to make the time to do the necessary things to put your family in the best position for success. And one of the things you can control in this crazy world of investing, where a lot of it you can't control, is your mortgage and refinancing. It is your job to do so and to look at least every couple of years and see where interest rates are at compared to where you are now. And now seems to be a great time to test whether or not you should refinance. I am in the middle of doing it right now. And so should you. If you have any questions for me, I want you to go to bestandwealth.com and click on the link to schedule just a 15-minute call and I'd be happy to answer any questions you have. If you're interested in working with Fortress Planning Group, my company, click on that same link, schedule a call. Let me see if I can add some value to your life. And for you long-term listeners, I would really appreciate it if you went to that Purple Podcast iTunes app and subscribe to the show and leave Best in Wealth a review. That will allow family stewards, more family stewards, to find the podcast so they can do the things they need to do to put their family in the best chance of to for the best chance of success. All right, my time is up. I gotta go. I'll see you on the flip side. Bye bye, everyone.
The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.